about the little Prather Hudson run for a first down, that catch for a first down late, right? Like that was a that was a fight for extra yards. That was a yards after catch. That was that was. Let's face it. They think they've been holding out Justin Fields for the Alabama game. They've been holding out Prather Hudson. I think we all know that the secret weapon will be ready to go. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 164 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and this is our post-game show of the Dogs' 66-27 victory over the University of Massachusetts Minutemen. I'm joined today via Skype by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And in case any of y'all are wondering, how rare is it for Georgia to score as many points as they did on Saturday? The 66 points were the most by a Georgia football team since they put up 70 versus Northeast Louisiana, which was way back during my freshman year of college, and what might have been one of my first games that I ever attended as a Sigma Chi pledge. But that year was 1994, and it was so long ago that Northeast Louisiana doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, the school's still there and everything. They just changed the name of their school and mascot to what you know of them today as the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. And there you have it. (laughs) So sit back and enjoy this short recap of the Dogs and the Minutemen as Kirby's Bunch improves their record to 10-1, Here's Will to get us started. Gentle humans of Athens, Georgia, and Watkinsville. It is 66 to 27. Georgia won its buy-in game. They actually they bought this game. They got, I think it was a 1.5 million, and now they have a home and home in basketball. So so and remember this game when Georgia plays basketball uh, in Massachusetts a couple years. I will say this game will be remembered, perhaps not by a lot of people, but it will be remembered by me. Because there's the introduction of the Fields Boner. The Fields Boner is now a part of our lives. We're all, it's, it's the Fields Boner's world. We are all just living in it. Gentlemen, takeaways from the 66-27 to 27 victory. I don't know about y'all, but I had two touches. I got two rushes today. Yeah, yesterday. that was good. Um, you looked good I, out I assume, there. I assume Russia was like... <laughs> they were handing out rushes to like Oprah. Rushes for you and rushes for you. Everybody gets rushes. So um, it was a lot of fun. I... In my head, I had made a contract about the defense not being that terrible, um, but 390 yards was a lot of yards to give up. Overall, anytime you put, I really wanted to see 70 points uh, just to break that that little record. But Scott, you, I assume you have this, but I mean, 400, how many over 400 and something yards? That's that's the most in a long time. You talking about rushing? Yeah. You know, I didn't get that stat. I guess since we've been doing this for so long, y'all know what I'm looking at. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, the 701 yards of total offense was the second all time by a Georgia team, which uh, was kind of interesting to me because uh, re- it's come recently. 713 yards versus Florida Atlantic in 2012 and then 696 yards versus Missouri last year. That surprised me. I didn't think that that had happened so quickly. Interesting thing. Also, the 55 combined points in the first half was the fifth all-time most points scored by both teams uh, in a Georgia game. So what's it, what else do I have? Oh, finally, I guess you could, you know, since we're touting positives, and I don't know if really the 55 combined points is a positive, but uh, the negative would be Andy Isabella. I told y'all he was going to be good. He had 15 receptions for 219 yards and two touchdowns. The 15 receptions is the second most by an opposing player versus a Georgia team. And the 219 yards receiving is the third most allowed to an opponent. So, I mean, congrats to him. We'll be seeing him probably playing for the Patriots sometime in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I was hoping they were going to get 70. I actually thought they might go for it after uh, Massachusetts pulled that little flea flicker to get their last touchdown. I thought that might be like, okay, we're, we're putting 70 on you for that little stunt. Like, I thought they might do that, but they did. After, uh, as, as Tony put it in a text uh, to us during the game, wow, Prather Hudson has backups. That's amazing. Yeah. Prather Hudson, after like the third string guy behind Prather Hudson, uh, after uh, some of those, said like there were a lot of hyphenated names and a lot of people that I, I think may have just been made up by the Madden simulator. Uh, nevertheless, I was hoping they were going to get so They obviously could have. This is another example of why you should not gamble on sports, by the way. This is a great example of why you should not oh, gamble yeah. on sports, because you could totally just have enjoyed the way that we enjoyed yesterday's game. Like, wow, this is fun. It's relaxing. Look at the field's throw. Look how much fun this game was. The, the next couple weeks are going to be crazy, so we can all have just this very lovely night. It was a beautiful night. Just really enjoyed this night. Unless you gambled on the game, in which you spent the last quarter of this game caring so much more than the players did because they kept bouncing back and forth from the 41-point spread. So public service announcement once again, don't gamble on sports. It's bad for you, and it will ruin all your fun. I think I talked too much about the spread because my 12-year-old throughout the game was adding it up in his head on how much Georgia oh, no. was either covering or not covering. And <laughs> oh, no. he doesn't gamble on sports either. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to make it like a math thing for him. But I might need to need, need to pull back on that. There's plenty of math in football without the spread. Like, there's plenty of opportunities to use math. You know, one of the things that, it, that it, uh, you're talking about, Andy Isabella, um, it's interesting that you had that observation, Scott, because somebody else sitting over to was like, that guy's going to play him for the Patriots up there in Massachusetts because <laughs> uh, he looked like uh, Amendola uh, or yeah, Edelman. Uh, yeah, I mean just White. just the way he was able to work <laughs> free in a real you know weird way. Um, yeah, and, and I will I will not deny that part of me wanted to kick a field goal to get the sixty nine points, yeah. uh, but <laughs> nice. That's just nice. That's my childishness. <laughs> um, but you know I. I went back and looked at the box score just because I was like in my head. I was trying to figure out, okay, how many points? We must have gotten up a lot more yards in the second half than I thought. Because well, when I saw 390 yards, I thought, man, that's an awful lot of yards. It was only about half the yards in the second half. I mean, it's almost evenly split. Um, you know, of course, it, you run a couple trick plays. They, they ran a flea flicker and, uh, what, another throwback pass that didn't go anywhere. But I think what I liked the most out of it is we finally did get to see field some, and Will, you alluded to that. Scott, I don't remember what the over-under was on the number. Was it total passes thrown, or was it field passes thrown? I think it was total passes thrown by a Georgia quarterback at 15. Yeah, and so I think... That was kind of right on the number. Yeah, what, 17 was the number? So uh, it was good to get... Get fields in there. I mean, I, just, I, I don't think Kirby Curbs listens. I don't think Kirby listens. But you know, I, exactly what Will called for happened. We field actually came in what every third series in the first half and had a couple of full series in the second, which is good. I it's kind of work out some of the kinks there and find out what he has command the playbook to do. That, that deep ball for me was you know, we. I think we talked last week about how. You know, uh, they're they're saving fields for Alabama, and they're saving fields to do what Tua did. And I was like, I don't know, we haven't seen fields do any of the thing that Tua did yet. We saw something there that was beautiful. Yeah. That was absolutely gorgeous. Like that was that got me as excited as that great fields throw in the, uh, the great from throw in the national championship game. That was a perfect pass, except this was about fifteen yards longer. <laughs> like it just he just like tossed it. It was it was absolutely perfect. It was Hardman, right? Hardman caught that touchdown. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was just like absolutely perfect pass right in stride. And you're just like, oh, right. Like, I know we've been doing a lot of run pass option. And he's been running a lot, but that's something he has in the quiver. That's a nice thing to kind of have. And again, not that Fromm can't do that. I think Fromm is a better quarterback than, say, Hertz. But certainly, uh, that's something to know. Uh, and particularly, and listen, it's not like Fromm played poorly. Fromm did fine, but he got in there, got out there with almost no one getting hurt. No one got hurt in the game. But uh, Tony, I don't know if you want to talk about this. Monty Rice, actually, before that, uh, got, apparently got hurt in warmed up, warm ups, was on crutches and did not play. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Tiffany, uh, our friend Tiffany, asked me about Monty Rice. I was like, she's like, is Monty Rice not playing? I was like, I guess he's. They decided not to let him play this game. I didn't even realize he got hurt until I read that. Um, and they, they x-rayed him and held him out of the game. He was on crutches. And Kirby was uh, coach speak vague about, you know, we don't know about next week yet. So that's not that's not great if, um, you know, because he's has come on and has actually been an, a little bit of an important piece of maybe the resurgence, particularly in pass coverage from the linebacking core. Yeah. And I think you would really need him next week against the jackets because of the offense they run. That's going to be a prime for a lot of linebackers making tackles. But then again, if he's injured, you don't want him to get uh chop blocked below his uh, knees, which that's going to happen and, uh, and further injure that the other negatives that I saw the continuation of the other key injuries that we need to get back really for Alabama um, is Hawkins. Muckle is out. David Marshall is still out. And then Ben Cleveland uh, still didn't play. And then I guess the other injury that wasn't really an injury, but it was just kind of like, really, uh, was Godwin's uh, mishandling of the punt. I think that's the first bad punt we've had, or bad punt reception, because we've been pretty good on that uh, all year. He just really, really whiffed on that. It was kind of right in front of Will and, and me where we were sitting. He took a bad, a weird bad angle on that. Like he couldn't decide if he was just going to field it cleanly or try to snatch it and run with it or what. And, uh, yeah, that was a – Frankly, I think the officials got the call wrong. I mean, that that ball is advanceable, but they blew it dead. Uh, no, you can't advance. Uh, you cannot advance a muff, and I think that's what they called it. Oh, you can't. Okay, um, I thought that was a. I, I'm good. I'm, look at that, Scott's out here schooling me. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's it's still it was a what 16 yard field at that point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's the problem with the bend don't break defense. It's like you only have 16 yards to bend. That's a that's a, almost a sure touchdown. Well, it's worth noting, you know, this, that's what you want from this game, right? You want a ton of points. You wanted to see Fields. You wanted to see Prather Hudson get, like, 10 carries. Also, how about the little Prather Hudson run for a first down, that catch for a first down late, right? Like, that was a that was a fight for extra yards. That was a yards after catch. That was, that was let's face it, they think they've been holding out Justin Fields for the Alabama game. They've been holding out Prather Hudson. I think we all know that the secret weapon will be ready to go um, for the Alabama game. Uh, I will say, though, you also wanted to see something definitive, and one of my favorite little buzz, 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 buzz what you guys see, did you guys see, I see, was the 10-10 Citadel, Alabama <laughs> halftime score. Uh, I've enjoyed one of the takeaways of that is there should be more teams that run the triple option because the Citadel apparently runs the triple option and it drives Saban crazy. So this is my new secret theory. Every week, Kirby Smart and his staff have been secretly doing triple option plays, practicing every week, preparing to run it for a full quarter in the Alabama game because it seems to actually work. And Georgia Southern did the same thing to them a couple of years ago. They have a hard time with the triple option. I find that kind of amusing. <laughs> Regretfully, we're going to find out whether we have a hard time with it this coming week. Yeah, true. That's true. That's true. Particularly with Monty Rice out. But we'll see. I don't know if he's actually going to be out or not. Uh, it was a gorgeous day. I, I, I touched on this earlier, but this was after it was really cold the week before. This was. 
like I know I kind of implored people to come out because you're going to miss this uh, in, well, eight days. <laughs> you're going to miss all of the having these games to go to. It was an absolutely gorgeous time for a football game. God, it was gorgeous. It was so beautiful. The tailgate was fun. Had a, a couple of uh, had a couple more listeners. Actually, one former student of mine, uh, Rusty Close, and a buddy of his came by, tailgated with us. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, now that my body's acclimated to sixty being perfectly pleasant, it doesn't bother me to be out when it's thirty seven degrees, which it was yesterday morning. Yeah, I want to give everybody a good, um, I don't know, kudos for the tailgate. And I thought it was a little bit sparse, but it was, uh, I guess you would say quality over quantity because my wife kind of reiterated the fact that how much fun she was having. And even my eight-year-old daughter made it through uh, the fourth quarter. I kept promising her all day. I set it up. I was like, look, we're going to stay until you turn the light, uh, the flashlights on on the phone, and then we can go. And I kind of had to reiterate that to her, and she was looking forward to it. So I think that helped me with my tailgate experience and the whole experience of the game. We got to stay and, and see a lot of it before it got really cold. I also want to give a shout-out to Parrish Walton. I ran into him, or he oh, found nice. me. He came, we chatted for about 10 minutes. It was good to finally meet him. And likewise to Tony uh, buddies that we met over at uh, his tailgate. So yeah, I think I think it was great. Hopefully everybody brings it for next week uh, for that early tailgate. You know, breakfast with the Bulldogs. I guess you could say uh, breakfast with Tony. Uh, and we'll try to find out. Also, we got a lot of uh, responses on social media this past week, and I know Will and I texted about doing something. We're not yep, sure exactly I, what, but doing something after the tech game. I'm already uh, I'm already tasking that. I think I have a place downtown lined up. Hopefully, we'll have details when we record this week. Yes, that's correct. I'm very excited about that too because that was. I feel like well, a couple of years ago we had a few people go after the Georgia Georgia Tech game, and I suspect there would be more this year. Um, and also, I have a little thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this on this show, so you guys hold me to it, okay? Uh, if Georgia wins this week, I'm going to write something for a WSLS website. Uh, nice. Preview in the game. I know I've been saying I was going to do that all year. It's been very busy, but uh, I'm overdue for it. I have the number of people I, I I went to one of those uh, charity events for the local for the local school here for for Barrow where my where my boys go to school and I met a few people there who are like wow well we uh, uh, we discovered WSLS podcast because of those pieces that you wrote last year and I thought you know what I need to get I need to get one of those like viral pieces going around because I feel like I want to kind of try to capture this year a little bit because I think it's been weird right this the, we'll talk about oh, yeah. this I'm sure in the, the when we sit down in person but it's been kind of a weird year to think that like basically. Georgia's in the exact same spot they were last year, right? Like, they're not playing Auburn in the national championship game, but they are basically the exact same spot. Beat Georgia Tech and win the SC championship game, and you're in the playoffs. But it feels different, and it feels different, and I want to kind of capture that and, and see where that kind of uh, stands in the best uh, spectrum of the, of, the, of, the, of the fan base. So I'm going to write something for the site. I'm holding me to it. I've said it on the podcast, so I will have to do it uh, after the Georgia Tech game. Sounds good to me. That's awesome. But, uh, I, but I, I don't want to run it. It's just private just for the three of us. Okay, that's fine too. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> so, I, so Tony and I, I get to read it. Yes, I continue to say I'm. I'm just happy Scott records this because I'd be fine with just the three of us talking and having perfect. So. Uh, any, any anything else uh, jump out at you guys? Uh, uh, Twenty seven points is a lot of points, but whatever. A lot. I mean, they had their Patriots wide receiver. They had a couple big plays. <laughs> it never felt like wow, they're really just they're really just gashing us. Like it just it just felt like there was a game where there was a lot of points. And there's a chance where if Godwin doesn't uh, muff that punt that they maybe score six points, maybe 13 or something. I think that kind of opened the floodgates, so to speak, for them a little bit, gave them some confidence. And uh, you know, the, the fun thing, the funny thing was, like I mentioned earlier, how, you know, you do the light up Sanford and everything. There was one second on the clock and we had to kick off to him. And then they scored that 75 yard touchdown yeah. pass. 
and the, the crowd's kind of like, ah, oh, and then they're like, oh, well, we'll just do the flashlight thing anyway. And it, it was really no big deal because the game was so out of hand. Um, Will, I had a question for you and I, I don't, I mean, we've had such a good post-game podcast. Um, I know this is kind of like a 5% Illinois podcast too. Uh, what what happened yeah. on, on that game? That was not great. Uh, Illinois lost 63 to nothing uh, at home to that famous running up the score juggernaut Iowa. So uh, yeah, that was not good, uh, not great, Bob. Uh, that was it's that's a dark time. Um, they were and they were at least hoping that Northwestern would lose to be some sort of run. Listen, 2019, as I said before, Kirby Smart is as likely to get fired as Lovey Smith is. Lovey Smith is not getting fired. Uh, he has he has I think he's a bigger buyout than Kirby Smart does at this point. Like he is going to be the coach next year. But that that was definitely a big huge of. Wait, there's been some step forward until you lose your last home game of the year, 63 to nothing. And it was not like a, oh, a couple turnovers. It, it should have been 35 to nothing, which is totally fine, of course. But, uh, but a couple of bad plays. They were def- thoroughly trounced all the way across the board. It's, uh, it's dark times in Champaign. Did you know that the last time Illinois lost 63 to nothing, it was to Chicago in 1906? I, I did not, but that sounds uh, not the Bears, uh, not the University Bears. Of Chicago, right? the University <laughs> yeah. of Chicago, the the uh, the the, uh, the liberal enclave. Yes, the University of Chicago. <laughs> and don't sleep on the Maroons. Don't sleep on the Maroons. Um, well, otherwise, uh, we'll be back to we have one regular season show left, and then we have an extra game this year because they won the SEC East, which will be very exciting. Um, otherwise, and unfortunately, Notre Dame did not. Syracuse did not help us out. I was kind of hoping Syracuse was going to knock out Notre Dame yesterday. That did not happen, unfortunately. So looks like uh, Georgia's going to have to win the next couple games, and that'll be kind of fun. Otherwise, Georgia Tech week, guys. Is it hate? Is it? It's good. It's good old fashioned G O F H, right? I think it's clean old fashioned. Yeah, it's good, clean, old fashioned hate. G C O F H. That is very catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's. We'll talk plenty about this this week, but you know you, it's always it's always fun to see hope on their faces and snatch it away, and hopefully we'll do that again this week. Otherwise, all right, gentlemen, I will talk. We'll do a preview show this week. But otherwise, go dogs, go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. The three of us will be recording our Georgia versus Georgia Tech pregame show late Monday evening. So if you have any good, clean, old fashioned hate questions or. Maybe some good, clean, old-fashioned, hateful comments for us that you'd like to address. Please send us a tweet at WSLS Podcast by, let's say, 8 o'clock on Monday night. And that'll do it for this week as the dogs roll into their regular season and home finale. It's senior day of the 2018 season. That'll be this Saturday, and it'll be early. So we'll see you back on campus for breakfast with the Bulldogs and maybe afterwards for a listener meetup. So stay tuned for details on that. Have a great rest of your week. Actually, I hadn't even started. Have a great week. And as always, go dogs. So we are JT and W, um, more preferred as Walker and Jack. And we're here to recap what we saw and what we saw at the UMass Georgia game. Okay. Yeah, and it was a really good game. Uh, Georgia played very well. They scored 66 on UMass. The final score was 66-27. But a, a concern I had was giving up 27 points. That's, that's a lot to a D1, D2 school. Well, I think we did really good overall because we showed what we could perform and what, how many points we could legitimately score and what we can basically, what our players are made up of. Because that was a game of showing off what we can do. 
what we need to work on and what we can do effectively and what we can implement against Alabama. Yeah, and something good was Justin Fields. We saw him play most all of the game, and we actually saw what he could do to other teams, how well he was at passing. There we are. And we could see how well our defense played. That interception by Tay Crowder, that was a really good interception. I have to give most of my credit, nothing taking away from Justin Fields, but our defense, I think, just because we lost Lorenzo Carter and um, Roquan Smith last year, um, I think we've got some guys who are coming up to play a big role in our defensive front and our um, cornerbacks, safeties, Mm -hmm. um, back there in the zones back there and so I give a lot of credit to those guys who are just making big time plays and the defensive line is really really good yeah and another big time player 82 what's his name again I completely Tyler Simmons 87 87. he ran for two touchdowns one of them was like 60 something yards he got yeah he was he he, he, he was just doing really good Oh, really, yeah. really I, good. I've that given, was the first yeah. time I've seen him yeah. run that far. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give a lot of credit to all these guys that we've been talking about and hope to see you on campus against Georgia Tech. Um, and we're that game was just getting ready for Georgia Tech and their high-powered offense. No, no. Um, Not about it. Yeah. Georgia Tech is good this year, actually. Mm-hmm. They're actually so, good. They're actually good. And so that's a summary of our UMass Georgia mm-hmm, recap. And so we'll sign off by saying, Go, Go Dogs! Dogs!